Certainly. Well, we arrived in uh, Goris, which is a small town a few kilometers from the, uh, the Karabakh border in Armenia, southern Armenia. And uh, we were there two days ago. And the situation was seemingly very much under control compared to what we've seen on, on, on media reports in recent days, because 20,000 people a day have been crossing the border and passing through Goris uh, on their way to other parts of Armenia. So it had been a very, very crowded, very fraught situation. At the same time, there was a huge army of volunteers from, from uh, civil society, from UN, from the Red Cross, from church groups, all sorts who were there providing human emergency humanitarian aid, everything from food, clothes, hot meals. Um, there were latrines there. There was some medical care being given as well and registration. So the situation by, by the time we got there was rather under control because almost everyone who had had to leave Karabakh had left Karabakh and, and gone on to other parts. So I would say it's kind of a hidden humanitarian emergency right now because people are dispersed. 100,000 people in a country of 3 million are dispersed all around the country, but they're going to place an immense strain on A, the goodwill of people um, who are sheltering them, and B, on the services, uh, national services that are there in terms of healthcare, education, jobs, accommodation, all sorts. So once these immediate needs have been met, what are the more medium-term issues for their safety and well-being? Well, these people have lived through um, a nightmare, really. They've, they've had 30 years of either active or frozen conflict. And in, in recent times, they, they've undergone um, quite scary, terribly scary um, military action against. They've been going mostly on, the, on walking or on the road for a day, two days, three days a week. Some people have slept in caves and in basements on their way uh, to, to leave Karabakh. So um, they are, some of them are in very bad shape in their reports of, of malnutrition, uh, particularly among the elderly and among children, and all sorts of, of common diseases and high fevers, pneumonia also being reported. And one thing I heard learned today was that people in Karabakh hadn't been uh, evacuated in 10 months. There's been a blockade um, of the region and um, nothing's been able to get in or out. No humanitarian aid, no regular um, state services, if, if, if you like, to bring in vaccines and that sort of thing. So um, physically, uh, people are in bad shape. Mentally, they're going to be in very bad shape because of what, what they've undergone. Um, and one thing that, that's being prioritized by the UN system in, in conjunction with the government of Armenia, who are in the lead on this, is, um, is mental health, mental health care. To that end, uh, IOM uh, today opened, uh, Monday opened two mobile clinics with four more to be opened uh, in the coming days. And each of those mobile clinics will have a, a, a trained um, psychologist on hand to help people um, you know, with, with their immediate mental problems and also to, to refer people onward for um, normal health care needs and also for mental health care needs. Um, and as to the wider UN, what are the UN teams doing now and how will the response be in the coming days? I think that's very much to be determined. I mean, there is, of course, active um, you know, humanitarian program ongoing and certainly uh, there was an awful lot done uh, particularly in, in, in the area of, of, of um, World Food Programme, giving out hot meals. Uh, there were big tents set up in the middle of Goris, um, and uh, there was also various different uh, health actors involved. But I think the thing now is uh, for us to concentrate on a long-term humanitarian plan with the government uh, to particularly hit all the sectors that, that will need uh, to be hit over the next, well, not so much days, but weeks and months, to integrate and to assimilate uh, the 100,000 people who have come here uh, someone mentioned uh, this morning that, that, that people will need 
you know, new schools will have to be built. It won't be a case of putting four or five more chairs into a classroom. New schools or wings on schools will have to be built. The same for hospitals, the same for all sorts of, of, of uh, community and other, other services. And people will need places to live. Houses probably need to be built for them or apartments. Um, and they will they'll need jobs. They'll need some way of earning a livelihood uh, to provide their families. And of course, um, there'll need, need to be a lot of uh, care taken that the host community also gets what they need to be able to carry on um, this amazing solidarity that's been uh, evident so far. And before we conclude, would you like to add anything from your end? I think the main thing is that uh, because there was a very dramatic surge of people um, through a very small bottleneck, it made for, as I said, dramatic television pictures and there, there seemed to be a huge humanitarian catastrophe evolving. Now, that was. That wasn't the case. That was averted due to prompt action led by the government and with the help of the United Nations and other organizations. But these people, um, they are they're not in concentrated in one place and in need of, of emergency aid anymore. They're concentrated all around or dispersed uh, all around the country, but they will need aid uh, for the long term. And our media will definitely need help uh, to provide everything these uh, people, these new arrivals uh, will need uh, over to, to help them to settle down in, in this country.